Welcome to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a podcast for the innovators from the experts. We know that you're busier than ever, and the last thing you need as a business applications innovator is a lengthy, drawn-out podcast where you walk away with the possibility of learning something new. Well, that's how the Digestible Dynamics Podcast is different. Each episode will contain one digestible tidbit about Dynamics 365 that you can immediately apply to your business. With the combined experience of three decades in the business application space, Dr. KJ and I understand that the power of technology is not about the features and functions, but rather the value it can bring to your business to help you transform and drive growth. That's why we'll focus on the most useful things that you need to know about the Dynamics 365 platform. Welcome everyone to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, your number one source for snackable tidbits that help you optimize your Dynamics 365 experience. Now, for the last two seasons, we've brought you Dynamics 365 experts to talk about specific solutions within the platform. We've covered everything from sales to service to marketing to warehouse management to field service and power platform and beyond. And when I look back at it, we've covered pretty much the entire customer journey and highlighted how Dynamics 365 can empower your organizations of any size to achieve more by improving efficiency of their current processes and gathering deeper insights on their business. And of course, this is all done in the context of improving the overall customer experience. It's been a fun two seasons with you, KJ. Same to you, man. I really had a blast learning how to podcast and I've learned from our awesome guests as well. And Kevin, why don't you break down how season three is going to be a lot different? Yes, sir. For season three, we're going to focus on key industries that Dynamics 365 empowers to their line of business users. Well, in fact, the first half of season three, you'll hear from Dynamics 365 experts in a variety of industries, like today's expert in healthcare and life sciences. Then in the second half of season three, you'll hear about the partners that help empower our customers get the most out of their Microsoft Dynamics investment. Thanks for that, KJ. Our partners are rock stars. And if you want to learn more about our partners and the partner ecosystem, we did a whole episode on our partners on episode nine from season two featuring Michelle Curtis. Definitely be sure to check that out, folks. And don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn and stay up to date with episodes and Dynamics 365 updates. We hope that you have a good understanding of what's to happen here in season three. And now, Kevin, I think today's industry should be near and dear to you, right? Very much so. I got my master's and bachelor's degree in biomedical engineering, and I love nerding out on the technology that helps heal us, if you will. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. Love it, man. I was recently at a chiropractor and it got me thinking about ways Microsoft can improve processes and experience in this space. But we're not the experts here. So, Mr. Masters of Biomedical Engineering, can you please introduce our HLS expert? (laughs) Okay, Mr. PhD, let me go ahead and introduce this week's guest. Sarah Champ has over 14 years of experience and impact within Microsoft business applications at Microsoft and in the partner channel. She joined Microsoft in 2012 and has held roles in engineering, technical sales, technical sales leadership, specialist sales, and most recently as the leader of strategic business applications team in health payer and provider. Welcome, everyone, to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast. Today, we're talking about healthcare and life sciences, which we'll shorten as HLS. And to talk about that, we brought our expert, Sarah Champ. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, everybody. Great to be here. All right. So let's dive right in. So for our listeners who don't know what Microsoft has to offer for or what the areas that we help out with with HLS, what does that look like? Yeah. So a few years back, we 
sub-verticalized in our healthcare business. And so right now we have sort of three different pillars, health payer, health provider, and then our kind of pharma life science division, which encompasses the big pharmacy or, you know, pharma companies, as well as the med device companies and what we consider health solutions. Fantastic. And with those three arms of the business in HLS, what are the top digital transformation obstacles customers are experiencing? Sure. So on the health payer and provider side, just historically, they have not been as digital first or cloud first as many other industries. And so I would say in the payer and provider space, we're still doing a lot of kind of initial cloud conversations. They are trying to rationalize applications, move those things to the cloud and become just more digitally native organizations while they're obviously trying to hire talent and attract a more millennial kind of workforce and sort of patient and member population as well. On the med device and life sciences side, it's more kind of traditional CRM use cases in terms of enabling their sales teams to do more contact center, I guess, more traditionally, as well as the kind of core productivity sort of plays with Power Platform as well. Awesome. Thank you for breaking that down. Just out of curiosity, you say that they're kind of just starting the digital transformation. You're having a lot of those basic conversations. What do you think is the reason for the, I guess, lag in terms of adopting the cloud technology? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're familiar with electronic medical records or EMRs like an Epic or a Cerner, our provider customers have spent much of their time and effort in moving all of what used to be done on a paper. You've been to a doctor's office, right? They hand you a piece of paper, you write everything down. And then that was like physically filed somewhere. And so over the course of the last, I don't know, 20-ish years, there has been a huge push of obviously digitizing electronic medical records. And I think a lot of our provider-specific customers have been focused on getting a standardized view of their patient via the EMR and less focused on sort of attraction of new patients or members, as well as kind of curating that experience, that digital experience. And so that's really, I think, whereas like retailers and probably manufacturers were a little bit earlier to that game because of obviously just how technology has changed the landscapes of those businesses. A health provider, you're still walking a lot. Virtual health is a relatively new concept even and has taken on quite fast with COVID, but you're still walking in to see your doctor. You're writing down things on paper that's being manually put into that EMR system as as the system of record. And so I just, I think mostly their business model, the fact that they're nonprofit organizations and that they're just laggards generally in terms of technology. No. So from a historical perspective with the records, how... How is Dynamics helping these customers transform? Yeah, so if you think about an electronic medical record, it is a system of record, but it really only has information about somebody who's already a patient, right? So you're a patient, you've gone, you've visited this health system, and they understand what happened as part of that interaction and and ongoing interactions. If you think about overlaying that experience with how our retailers think, and turning unknown patients, people coming to your website seeking answers to potentially medical questions, but they haven't selected to book an appointment and actually see a provider, right? Sort of that front end unknown to known experience is where Dynamics can play, right? Our kind of digital marketing and customer insights capabilities of taking that person and allowing the health system to interact with them before they're a patient. 
And then on the other end of that experience, because you're going to have, as soon as they are a patient, a lot of what does happen with them happens in that electronic medical record. But then on the tail end side of curating that person, making sure that they get obviously help for whatever they came in to see you for, but then ongoing, you're bringing them back in for annual visits, depending on their age range or any potential health challenges that they have that they're getting those taken care of. And so kind of continuing that on the other side as well. So I think that's where the large part of our health strategy is focused. And then in addition, just traditional access and contact center. So when you think about needing to schedule an appointment, needing to reschedule an appointment, or have questions answered between appointments, a lot of that is is where Dynamics fits well as well. No, I like that. I was also thinking about maybe taking that historical data and also for the, the patient, but that patient and really like taking their historical data and maybe predicting some of the future problems that they may have, right? Looking at across a database or something like that and just having that historical preference to then help them guide them to be healthier in the future. Does that is that something along the lines of what Dynamics is helping with in your industry? Yeah, I would say uh, not just Dynamics, right? There's a huge Azure component to that whole experience. We've got a product that recently GA'd called Azure Health Data Services built on the FHIR standard. So ingesting data from an EMR into Azure and being able to then you know, run AI and ML over the top of it to extrapolate some of that information. There is some regulations inside of what you can and can't do, obviously, and what computers are allowed to diagnose versus physicians. But I think, yes, directionally, that's absolutely where I think our Microsoft cloud value proposition is for our health providers and payers, candidly, right? Because they're interested in that information as well. So yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Sarah, quick question for you. I know that Microsoft prides itself on having top-notch security with regards to data. In the HLS space, we're talking about HIPAA compliance. We're talking about even more personal data with regards to patients. How is that kind of managed with the Dynamics platform? Yeah, I mean, I think you just hit on another, you know, if you think about our value proposition as a solutionary, I guess. All of the other things that customers are leveraging from the Microsoft Cloud definitely help that. So investment in Azure from a data and infrastructure perspective, our security components and how that's all wrapped into how we manage our you know identities and access. So yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on there. Security is a huge topic for every organization, but certainly keeping the regulated data where it needs to and making sure that that's being handled appropriately and then giving access to the right data to the right people is a big component of what they're challenged with today. So other than the security and and the the nuance and the D365, where are customers also finding success with Dynamics 365 in healthcare? Sure. Yeah. So if you think about our approach, there's three pillars. Patient and member experience would be that first. And that's sort of core. If you think about digital engagement, marketing, outreach, getting patients in, making sure that they're getting their questions answered, that kind of thing. And contact center and access would be part of that pillar. The second is health team collaboration. So if you think about all the people that are working with patients or members, whether it's somebody who's at the front desk and they need to get a question answered or the patient or the member has a question for them to answer, whether you're a physician or a nurse, those people have parts of their job that could be 
improved based on data, based on workflow, based on, and so that's where not just Dynamics, but the Power Platform really comes into play in terms of how we're helping those people do their jobs more efficiently. And then clinical analytics and that component as well. And so that's the third piece. And that's really being able to take all of the information that these organizations are aggregating and being able to visualize it, whether it's via Power BI or Power Apps and Automate. So that's kind of how we think about breaking down the different workloads with our patients. And then inside of each of those, we have kind of exhaustive use cases around each of those things that I just talked about. Love that. Now, coming from the manufacturing space, one of the value propositions is we kind of provide a a technology platform to allow you to improve the business processes you want, but also meet your customers where you want, creating whatever type of customer journey you want. You mentioned things like power platform for the HLS. So if I understand you and what you had just said is that data extensibility, that configurability to improve the patient experience or improve the provider processes as they see fit is part of what Dynamics can do for them. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the audience may know that physician burnout, as well as the nursing shortage right now are two really, like, if if we're going in to talk to a provider, it has to be cost takeout or helping with the some of the staffing challenges that they have in burnout. Physicians spend a lot of time after hours, which you wouldn't think of, but charting, right, doing the work in the EMR. And so that's where nuance, as an example, and that acquisition is massive, because that Dragon ambient experience that they provide allows doctors while they're with a patient to be charting and verbally doing a lot of that work without having to sit in a, at a computer afterwards and chart that stuff out. And then, yeah, to your point in terms of workflow optimization and the things that our Dynamics 365 and Power Platform can do from an automation perspective, it's what work are these people doing, these folks that went to school, whether they're doctors or nurses, to be with patients and to be helping with whatever that patient is suffering from, how do we reduce the amount of administrative burden that's put on top of them? And so whether that's like RPA to be able to automate things that are coming from, say, an EMR or other places and and take that work off of their plate or communications that they have to have, uh, I think all of those things are, are huge value propositions. Now, you mentioned having doctors and physicians, they spend a lot of time after work, right? Actually logging and doing all of those things. I was recently just at a physical therapist and he was like, man, I spend like three to four hours just after everybody is gone, just updating notes. And he was like, I would love to be able to do this just on the fly. And I was like, hmm, well, I work for Microsoft and (laughs) here's a solution (laughs) for you. Right. So, you know, I kind of told him about it, but I thought that was really interesting because Not only just doctors, medical doctors that sit at hospitals and so forth, but it's also your physical therapists, practitioners and everybody right in the healthcare space. So I think that's a very, very good point that you brought up there. Yeah. And then the other thing that maybe we didn't touch on, but I think is important and it it correlates a lot to retail, like we're seeing this intersection of healthcare and retail and how healthcare providers are needing to act more like retailers and largely because some retailers, big retailers are getting into the healthcare game, right? Is we as I'm assuming millennials or the generations that will follow millennials have different expectations of how they want to engage, right? Like I don't personally want to speak with anybody in a contact center. If I can schedule an appointment on my phone while I'm doing something else, right? That's how we're built because we've grown up this way. 
And I think that's a huge trend that our health providers are trying to get ahead of too. Omnichannel isn't a new concept by any means, but I think in the healthcare space, especially on the provider side, how to enable chat experiences, virtual assistant experiences, and allow for more self-service is going to be a huge trend that we see as well. Love it. Now, Sarah, the last question that KJ and I want to ask you is, do you mind sharing a customer success story from the HLS industry? Yeah, I'll keep customer names out of it. But we recently had a big success and it. it kind of builds on a lot of the topics we've talked about today. They were a few years ago, really focused on leveraging their information within their organization to improve health outcomes, to potentially find new ways to generate revenue for the health system and to engage their philanthropy and generate donations as well. And so they began that journey with leveraging Azure as a data platform and figuring out how to aggregate information to be able to use it across the organization more efficiently. And then as they were thinking about all these point solutions they had, right, a marketing tool, a donor management tool, a lab tool, many businesses running things in Excel that shouldn't be in Excel and access, they started to say, we really need a platform that will complement Azure, but be more customer facing, right? Not a data platform, but a, a UI for that. And so what we did as an organization is we worked together with across the modern work team for security with the Azure data and AI team and infrastructure teams to talk, you know, to get the data platform story in place. And then from a a dynamics perspective, we brought in our cloud for healthcare and our cloud for nonprofit. And so bringing those two things together and saying, we have data models that will fit both. It's a standard platform. So you're going to be able to share data across those different workloads and really enhance that experience really differentiated us. And so they're, you know, in the midst of implementation right now, But really forward thinking, I think, in terms of platform versus point solution, because that tends to create just more data silos and less efficiency across the organization. So, No, that's amazing. And Sarah, me and Kevin, we truly want to thank you for jumping on this morning. And we look forward to having you back on soon to talk about healthcare life sciences. So um, thank you so much. And we, again, just have a great week and we'll talk soon. Can't wait. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a show for you, the innovators, with content directly from the experts. While we only cover one tidbit of Dynamics 365 per episode, if you want to learn more, head over to our LinkedIn page by searching for Digestible Dynamics on LinkedIn so that we can guide you to the right resource to help you maximize your Dynamics 365 experience. If you have any other questions, email your host, KJ and KG, at digestibledynamics at microsoft.com. Until next time, folks.